Hi everyone and welcome to podcast 6 of Songwriters and Original Songs. This is Cool Paradiso coming to you from rural Queensland in Australia. Today we have another great set of music from 8 artists, all who have never featured previously. Ian is back again with his book review and our featured artist today is Katie Pierce from out of New York. First up, though, I'd like to announce something different. As I say, this is podcast six, but for podcast eight, we're going to have what we call a listener's choice. So you get to choose which artist that you've already heard a song from on this podcast somewhere, and I will endeavour to get another of that artist's songs and play for you. You can have up to three votes, and I'll even try and get an interview with the guest you most liked. Okay, so remember, I've got a Facebook page, you can go to there, um, and uh, list all of the artists, and obviously you can listen back to any of the podcasts. The top eight will make the show, and so, as I said, go to either to the Facebook page and vote, or you can uh, email me at coolparadiso at gmail.com, C-O-O-L-P-A-R-A-D-E-S-O at gmail.com. So that'll be different. Well, let's, let's have some music, some new music. So first up, we have a song that's fairly hot off the press. I heard this quite recently in 5090, and I loved it straight away. But be warned, it's very, very catchy. The song is called Running at Full Speed, and is by Walker. Now, Walker's from out of Pittsburgh. I met, first met Walker maybe three years ago in form. And at the end of uh, February, the end of the month, she did an album for charity, and she asked if any of us wanted to be involved. And I had a really nice lyric that I'd just uh, uh, done called uh, Slow Motion. And uh, an artist called Sammy Davis Jr. Yes, his name really is Sammy Davis Jr. And he's a really top performer out of Florida, still performing at the moment. Um, And uh, he did the music and sang it. And it was a really good song. So Wacker put that on her album. So back to Wacker. She's, um, as I said, she's done some really good songs. And I've always enjoyed listening to her. But I think she's getting better and better, and this 5090, she's coming up with some great songs. And so here we go. This is Running at Full Speed.
how good is that? It is so catchy. You just want to put it on and listen to it a second time. Really nice one, Walker. Next up, we have uh, Nancy Rost and Eric Agner. Now, they're two of form VIPs and I think are probably um, administrators on that side. So, you know, done some great work for songwriters, those people. Um, this is a song and it's called um, You Know Me. You Knew Me, sorry. And it's off their EP called Violet Cusp. So here we go. To. That's a really nice song. Has a sort of a musically, I should say, has a shard, a easy listening feel. Not vocally, but but certainly, um, um, as I say, musically, very nice song. Time now for um, Ian. So uh, over to you, Ian. Welcome back to Ian's bookshelf. This is my favourite book. It's Tunesmith by Jimmy Webb. He wrote so many great hits, including Glen Campbell's Galveston. And by the time I get to Phoenix, whether you're basic or advanced, he has something for everyone. He's got a great writing style and he tells some really funny stories that had me laughing. As well as being an interesting read, it's a very practical guide to songwriting. For example, he tells how to use a rhyming dictionary and a thesaurus to find suitable rhymes. And just as importantly, 
how to avoid unsuitable rhymes. There's a great discussion on stress, scansion and prosody, talking about the metric foot, the I am, and the conversational tone, with practical tips how to put a song together. He's good on song structure, with discussions on verse, chorus, bridge, etc., using diagrams to compare them to rooms in a house. Tune writing's covered, starting from basic scales to advanced modulation. He writes about his fascinating experiences in the music business and gives his hard-won advice. I've read this book cover to cover three times now and enjoyed it just as much every time. There is so much in it. It's highly recommended. So this is Tunesmith by Jimmy Webb, W-E-double-B, and you can find it for about £16, that's $21, on any well-known online retailers or good bookshops at... I think that's a very reasonable price because you get 431 pages of excellence in it. Next time... We'll be talking about some more academic texts on songwriting. So until then, enjoy. Thank you for that, Ian. Um, that's really interesting. Uh, I actually don't have that book, so after hearing your recommendation, I think I might have to go out and get that one. So next up, we have Nick Harmby. Now, Nick actually is from the Big Smoke, not far from me, up in Brisbane. <laughs> Ironically, though... I met him in 100 Days of Songwriting, which is run out of Austin, Texas. Now, um, Nick's been a professional guitarist and drummer in the past, but he's been away from music for quite a long time. Um, So welcome back, Nick. And this is a song of his, and it's called Burn. It's only the beginning, but it feels just like the 
Very nice, Nick. Um, yeah, welcome back again, and that's a really nice song. You keep them coming, mate. And next artist is a is a Canadian-born but New England-raised uh, artist. Uh, his name's Mike Birch. Mike's been playing for many, many years. Um, I'm not actually sure where Mike and I met. It was probably probably in Fearless Songwriter. Um, Mike has uh, five albums out, so there's plenty of his to listen to. And remember. Now, in the Facebook page, there are links to all the artists if you want to listen to more of their music. Um, as well as uh, recording his own music, Mike also, with another lady called Tammy Jan, who I've come across in form, um, hosts open mics in the northern Massachusetts and southern New Hampshire area. Um, so this is Mike Birch's song. It's called Wasteland, and it was actually, he wrote it straight from a photo prompt. Above a mask, 
afraid to ask If his all pals had lied Looking out on a wasteland Nothing left of the past Looking out on a wasteland one Mike that's a really nice song thank you for that well it's interview time again today and today we have um, with us um, Katie Pierce uh, Katie is from Hudson Valley New York she's a musician and a music teacher and she also has a history in Renaissance fairs and we might ask her a little bit about that later because not everybody will know about that she plays in a wide range of styles often traditional folk folk jazz um, but I've heard rap and just about everything in between she never ceases to amaze me with what instrument she's going to dig up next to play. I think the last one was a Celeste, which I'd never heard of. Um, she also plays what I call the maligned instruments, uh, particularly <laughs> things, like, <laughs> things like ukulele and recorder. But when Kat plays them, we actually remember why they were actually nice instruments to listen to at one stage. Um, Kat comes into a lot of the forums and always provides some really interesting and thought out uh, insights into music discussions. So welcome, uh, Katie Pierce. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. That's great. Um, so what's, what's sort of, um, I mean, life is a bit different at the moment. Is it a bit different for you both? I mean, musically for you is just about everything being a music teacher. Are things a bit different at the moment? Well, for me, it's not, I mean, it is, but it's not because uh, schools in America are out right now. So we're on summer vacation. Right. Um, but it's, you know, we're, we're already planning for what we're going to do and how we're going to do it in the fall. So mm, yeah, it's very, it's very difficult. Everyone says it's very difficult to plan ahead because you just don't really know at this stage, do you? So. Right. So as, as, are, you, are you doing a bit in the music side of things in this taking this opportunity? Well, I, I feel like I've got more time than I normally would for 5090 because I'm not doing other things, obviously. I'm not, you know, going on vacations or traveling or anything. Mm. So I feel like I've got more time to spend on it. But um, other than that, it's, it's, you know, it's fairly similar to other summers. Yeah, I guess if you're on your summer vacation, it does make a difference. I, I mentioned in an introduction to Renaissance Fairs, a lot, of, a lot of our listeners probably wouldn't really know much about them. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Well, and that is one thing that's different this year. Most of my gigs have dried up. Um, so a, a, a Renaissance Fair, or you say re Renaissance, um, is sort of a performance and craft fair combined. So uh, depending on the festival that you go to, you're going to find a lot of artisans there. You're going to find musical performances, um, theatrical performances, just a very wide variety um, all with sort of a very tight around a vague theme of either 
uh, medieval or Renaissance England, or sometimes more of a fantasy uh, mm. sort of a theme, but they, they all, in America anyway, they all fall under the same broad term. Yeah, quite a bit of it. Um, in America, yeah, that's actually a fairly popular sort of a summer, spring, and autumn type of festival. I think there's one in every, at least one in every state, and in New wow. York, there are at least three or four. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I certainly, I have, I've certainly, uh, went, in England, I've seen them a bit. We don't see them very little in Australia, I must say. Um, I don't know elsewhere in the world, but, but you're right. I certainly I have seen some in England, so I sort of know what you're talking about. And mm -hmm. are, they, are they quite big? Um, they're, they're all different. Uh, the one that I got started with, which is the main one in New York, is, is fairly big. Um, many of them are one weekend, uh, and, you know, they're on a... Um, county fairgrounds, some small space, but uh, there are a few in the country that are really quite large in Texas and uh, Minnesota and California. Mm -hmm. okay. Well, why don't we play a song? I've got a few right. songs here. I've listened to them. I, I've put up first, I've put a song called Coyote Lullaby. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Um, well, you know, that one was one of the ones I did for 5090, and I just happened to really enjoy um, waltzes, and it's a waltz, and um, I got the idea that of using animal sounds and using them as part of the music. So um, in the first chorus you hear, it's supposed to be the coyote, and then there's an owl that's added, and then there's a little egg shaker for a rattlesnake. Okay. All right, so we'll play, now play... Um... Coyote Lullaby by Katie Pierce. Sex the chorus in nights. Nice 
Okay, that's lovely. That's a delightful song. A lovely, lovely harmonies, Katie. I really like that song. There's a very wide range of waltzes, isn't there? I've noticed that. I mean, I know, I know, we have an, a natural beat to a waltz, but they do seem to carry, carry quite a wide range, and they can be used in places people wouldn't really always think waltzes would be used. Um, I, you know, I agree. I was taking, I was studying mandolin with a teacher um, for a few years and he was a really big fan of waltzes and he started introducing a lot of music to me that even with all of my musical experience I hadn't heard and, and he really got me to kind of fall in love with just the form. Mm. The first time I actually tried to play a waltz a few years ago I, I almost banged my head against the wall. I was, I think I, I tried to play it off a click and I could not get it right. And I was talking to, you'd know, Bill White from, he said to me, turn your clicker off and you'll be much better and just let it flow. And, mm -hmm. and I found a big difference. So, but yeah, I, it almost drove me crazy. So, uh, so I do love yeah. horses now and I throw them in there and again. Yeah, so so, so Kate, Katie, you're, you're a music teacher. Um, what's, what's the most important thing about music, music teaching? You know, what, how do you go about it and what are you trying to really do in that? Um, well, the ages I teach, I teach elementary school mostly, so I teach the younger ones. And for me, it's, um, I don't care as much if they leave school knowing um, the lines and spaces, although I teach them that and I'd like mm -hmm. them to. Um, I, I want them to be able to maybe pick up a guitar in middle school and kind of be able to figure things out, have enough skill, have a strong sense of beat and rhythm, have a strong sense of melody so that they can start learning chords and uh, doing what we do on 5090s, maybe start humming along. Mm, sure. What sort of instruments do they use at that age? Um, well, there's a really wide variety. Um, in fourth and fifth grade, I start teaching band and orchestra instruments to them. In third grade, they learn the maligned instrument, the recorder. Um, and uh, before that, they do a lot of uh, smaller percussion instruments. So we play on xylophones, we play with sticks and shakers, we do a lot mm -hmm. of dancing. Yeah. Um, we just have a lot of fun. Yes, yeah, I, I, I still like those things. I've got down, down by my side, I've got two boxes of just about everything that makes a noise, and I love them. I, I still don't use them enough in my songs, but I do. Every time we have people around, we open the boxes and let everybody use an instrument of some kind, and that's always fun. 
Yeah. And it, and it, it makes people, and it makes people happy, right? It does. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting. Actually very interesting. Uh, interesting in, in Australia and New Zealand, we, we seem to have moved away from the recorder a great deal here and moved to the ukulele. Um, and the reasoning they say is because it gives people the opportunity to sing as well. And uh, look, I don't have a particular view on it, but uh, I think they're both useful instruments, which as we call them, the maligned instruments, because <laughs> most people have heard them played poorly. I do teach a little bit of recorder and I have to, you know, give, give a shout out to 5090 because when I came up with the idea to do it, I, I didn't have any instruments and some members from 5090 did, um, they had old instruments around, they mailed them to me. It was really oh. amazing that they did that. I didn't know, but that's really cool. They are a very, very supportive and nice group of people for sure. And that's, a, that's nice. That's really nice indeed. Okay, well, let's play another song. I'm going to play a song called Red Ribbons. Okay, do you <laughs> okay. want to tell us about that? Um, I like stories. And so a lot of my songs um, are based off of stories I've heard. I, I do um, a really wide variety. This is a story that I read when I was very young. And it was sort of like a, you know, a child's first book of horror stories. <laughs> so, and a lot of, a lot of my friends read this, this uh, collection when they were young too. And I don't want to really, I don't want to give too much away about the story because no. horror stories, you know, they've got surprises and things. For sure. Okay. Well, we'll play Red Ribbons by Katie Pierce. One day her gallant bow in a passionate throw said, Be the Juliet to my Romeo. She smiled sweetly, her eyes fluttered fleetly. She answered, I will, and she giggled discreetly at her calling back. But he thought, What the heck? He asked about the ribbon that she wore. You can't take it off till I'm dead and gone And if you really love me, you'll promise me true You won't touch the red ribbon, whatever you do I've worn my ribbon of red for many years, she said And I'll wear it long after you and I are wed she was a beautiful sight in her dress of white. She kept her red ribbon on all through their wedding night. And she said, no, no, the ribbon stays on. You can't take it off till I'm dead and gone. But if you really love me, you'll promise me true. You won't touch the red ribbon, whatever you Several years had passed and happy news at last A new addition to their family was approaching fast And when the big day came he 
saw it caused her pain. He said, my love, let the doctors take the ribbon songs you always try and classify things but I didn't know where to put this <laughs> I didn't know how to classify this at all but it's got lovely instrumentation it's a very clever lyric I must say yeah. it's a very oh, enjoyable you. song it's very okay. enjoyable indeed but but yeah would you classify it anywhere um I I, I try not to really do too much <laughs> classifying it's it's a I mean it's a ballad I guess because it tells us it's a ghost ballad um yeah. Okay. That's a good. That's a good genre. Acoustic melody like that too. Goes to <laughs> Okay. That's great. So, being you play such a wide range of styles, how do you? You know, you're you're writing songs for fifty nights in there. How, how do you decide out of where you where you go? What what inspires you to do wherever you go? Well, um, I mean, it, I guess it depends on you know what the subject matter is. So. Um, you know, something like that. It's a humorous story and it's a little bit spooky. So I kind of thought that ja that jazzy sound would, would help that along. Um, but, um, you know, there are times when I do, you know, really goofy. I've done a lot of very strange love songs and they tend to be a little bit lighter. I use ukulele a lot for those because ukulele is great for love songs. Sure, um, sure I mean, I, I wrote one about being in love with a jellyfish once and, and that was... <laughs> A natural choice um so yeah that's that's i i really it's i think the subject matter informs what kind of style where, i choose where'd you get the ideas for the subject matter uh either i've because there's stories that i've read and i love um mm. you know like that one um and i'm i'm reading a, i read a lot so right. um like for instance last year i was driving my car and i heard um I heard an interview with an author who was talking about a book he, he um, had just finished. And it was about uh, a man named Hicks. He was the last pirate of New York. He was the last man hanged for piracy in the state of New York. And okay. um, I mean, it's, I, I went out, I went instantly went out and bought the book and read the story and, and wrote a song about it. Cause I just loved the story. Mm. 
Yeah, that's a good place to get inspiration. Um, um, it, it's always interesting uh, how you can come up with all these different ideas. As I said, I, I, I never quite know where you're going to go next, so it's always entertaining to hear what the next song's going to be like. Um, the question I get asked, I ask nearly everybody I have on the show, but is I've noticed that there probably are more songwriters around now than there ever were, particularly slightly older people who have decided they want to do it. And the question they always ask me is, hey, uh, how do I get started? How do I get going? What sort of advice would you um, give to up-and-coming songwriters to get them going? Um, I w- do it a lot and don't self-censor because it took me a long time, even with a music education degree, and then another one in music history. It took me a long time to start because I was trying to write the correct song. Yeah, the best song ever. <laughs> clearly, and the, clearly the songs I write have nothing to do with <laughs> the correct songs. So you know, I, I really, I stopped myself for a long time from writing. Um, so, you know, I, just do it. And if it's a terrible song, that's fine because it's still a song. Um, mm. And keep doing it. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's interesting. I, I find that when I talk to a lot of uh, up-and-coming songwriters, uh, they, well, let's say they're musicians, they'll go and practice their guitars for 10 hours, but they don't want to practice writing lyrics. You know, it's really interesting. They sort of feel there's, a lot of people feel there's this inbuilt natural ability, I must be able to write lyrics. And uh, well, you need to practice just as hard. The best advice I ever got actually was from um, the poet laureate of the United States, Billy Collins. I was listening to an interview with him and he said um, he didn't, he was a terrible poet when he started. And he, you know, he said he believes, I can't, I think the number was 500. It's the one I use, um, that everyone has 500 really terrible poems inside them. And you have to write those before you get to the good ones. And that's kind of how I feel about songwriting is, you know, we've got to get the bad ones out to, kind of figure out where the good ones are. That's right. And, and the thing is, the, the bad ones always teach you something and they don't have to go anywhere particularly, do they, you know? And no. It's, it's always interesting to, to see where they go. Um, it's, so what, what, where, where, do we, where do you go next? You, you're, I guess you're in vacation. What would be normal? Would you you'd be back to school in when? Well, I mean, nor- normally I'd be, um, this is my primary, you know, time for performances because most of the stuff I do is outdoors. Sure, um, so, you know, practicing instruments and, and things like that and getting ready to teach. Um, I would like, I've got a lot of, I've got two CDs out and I've got a lot of material. So I'd like to start organizing for a, a third CD, but I'm, I'm just biding my time figuring out wh- where I want to focus it. And for the listeners, we'll put a link up to uh, to Katie's music on the uh, Facebook page in the comments item next to the in this episode. So if you're interested in hearing some more of Katie's music, you can hear it there. Um, we always try and encourage people to have a listen. If you like what you've heard, listen a bit more. Um, so that's <laughs> right. Oh, well, everybody gets a plug. That's fair enough. Um, <laughs> Uh, except me, I think that's, that's about it. I, I do sneak mine in there again, mostly collaborations. Um, as you should. So, as we should. So, what are we going to play? We're going to play something. Well, I, I say something different, Katie. Every, everything's different, isn't it? Um, uh huh. Um, in a nutshell, is that? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's my <laughs> that, hit. That's definitely different. Tell us about it in a nutshell. Um, well, I, I've been working on. I actually am just about finished with a new one. I've been. I, I love Shakespeare. 
And um, I've been working on writing songs that sort of distill the plots of Shakespeare plays into a single song. Um, and I've done, I've done Romeo and Juliet. I've done uh, Much Ado About Nothing. I've done King Lear. I just finished Othello, um, although it's not the whole plot. Um, but this one is Hamlet, which is one of my favorites. And it was one of the hardest ones to write, but also it's the most satisfying. And when I perform them, this, this is the one that I usually perform. I don't do the other ones as much. Right. The, the funny thing is, of course, as you'd appreciate, when I've listened to your songs prior to doing this uh, show, I always sit down and write a few notes about the songs. And I started, I, I did about, I wrote the first line listening to the first four or five bars of music. And then I realised it was nothing like that at all, because the song does change from, I guess, I won't say too much because I'll let the people listen to it. But let's say that the, from the first few bars, it turns from something very different into something very different again, doesn't it? <laughs> so, so it was very entertaining. So look, I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll play out to in a nutshell. So uh, thank you very much, Katie, for being with us today. Um, it's been really nice talking to you. Um, it's been great. Yeah, good. So look, thank you again for coming on and we'll play out to in a nutshell. All right. When grief, revenge, anxiety, and ruin pride Take a toll on his soul and tear him up inside The king is dead, so Hamlet strikes a parley With the ghost of his dad, doing it like Jacob Marley Your Uncle Claudius killed me, poisoned his own brother Robbed me of my wife and made an aunt of your mother So Hamlet the Dane finds a purpose for his pain He throws them all off guard by acting like he's insane He'll keep them all guessing while he's readdressing All the sins Claudius has been transgressing erroneously drones on sanctimoniously on the matter of hamlet's antics he's twisting all their words in pedantic semantics claudius is furious gertrude is frantic polonius is sycophantic the cause of hamlet's madness is quite romantic it's not anger at his mother or grief over his father but lovesickness for ophelia my daughter Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, hapless saps, it's sad to see them dance for the king like they're Punch and Judy. They're Claudius' spies, but they're not bad guys, they're just footnotes, scapegoats, buzzing like flies. But they presage to Elsinore, the players come to give encore and treated to perform before the king and queen by Hamlet, more concerned with the unraveling of Claudius' wicked sting, call them to play the very thing to catch the conscience of the king. He's sneaking out to his mother's location and speaking out. 
Hamlet and Gertrude are having it out. Then Polonius interrupts, just starts to shout, and Hamlet runs him through before he figures out that it's not the villain that he just took out. The fuzz is on his back, so Hamlet splits. Ophelia goes into depressive fits. She goes down to the river and drowns in it. That's when the whole thing starts going to enter Laertes. He's Polonius' son, Ophelia's brother, and he's the one to challenge Hamlet to a duel when he returns. But they let Claudius establish the terms. Personified a first-rate villain Poisons Hamlet's drink while he's refilling And Laertes sort to up the chance of killing But all the while wears a smile like he's just chilling So Laertes is hit Hamlet is hit Gertrude drank the vessel with the poison pellet in it Claudius exposed, now everybody knows So drink to your health, sir Let's see how that goes of me, death to the right of me. Horatio's looking shell-shocked and he's weeping right inside of me. He's retracing the pace of events and asking why and how and what's the deal with succession? Is he the king now? Hey, I'm just the messenger. I feel compelled to say there are more things in heaven and hell than you can dream of or that I can tell. But you know what they say. That's just Denmark in a nutshell. Very interesting. Uh, Kate is a very talented lady um, and I enjoyed very much talking to her. Next up, we have a guy called Andy Daniels, known as Andy Dan. Andy Dan's from South Wales in the United Kingdom and he's been writing songs really since the late 80s. He actually took up the ukulele in 2015 after keyboards and many other instruments previously. Um, But not uke as most of you might know it. His first album was an eclectic mix of tunes which came up more like uh, New Order Joy Division, Gary Newman's Schick, so not, as I say, what you quite expect. His second album was a more documentary-type affair about the dangers of climbing 14 highest mountains. So as you can see, he's a bit different. His last album is uh, is a, uh album called Libraries and Verses, and with it he's got half of the VIPs from the ukulele world in the United Kingdom on this um and this song is a tribute to john prine and it's just simply called john prine and he's got phil dolman and mike Krabbers, as i say two very very highly respected professional musicians in the united kingdom on this with him um so here we go beautiful song john prine I 
I consider him a friend of mine This life is yours too Every time You never know what's down the line He sang his songs Raised a smile That's how it ought to be Now he's gone Left behind A perfect legacy I think I read somewhere Happiness is shared I consider him a friend of mine This life is yours to define So cherish every time You never know what's down the line tribute and it really does fit perfectly for a tribute to John Prine right in that style really good one guys thank you so much for that the next song I actually only heard a few days ago um, normally I can't slip them in because I've got such a big backlog of songs to put in but I actually had a song of uh, Katie Pierce's in here um, today but being that she did the uh, interview I've already played three of her songs so I had one spare spot and so I was lucky enough to be able to slip this song in. 
the words are by a, a fine and very prolific lyricist called Carlo out of Wisconsin. Um, she's in 5090 form all around the pl normal places and she writes regularly, you know, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of songs, this, this lady, and she she has, she, I guess she has a style. I mean, she writes a lot of different things, but she has a very expressive expressive uh, style in relationship songs. Um, the piano player and singer on this is a lady called Marty out of Stellenbosch in South Africa, and she's their golden voice. We we all look for her to do some collaborations w for us. Uh, she often even sings in Africana, native tongue. Um, I think Marty and I have probably done 20 songs together in the past, um, but she's always does a beautiful song. And as soon as I heard this one, I thought this is a perfect song that I can show you what Marty and Kylo can do. So this is the song. It's called When I Miss You. When the snow flies, when the cold grows, when the wind stings, that's when When I miss you, miss you most When the storm comes, when the rain falls, when the dark rains, that is when When I miss this, miss this so When the snow flies, when the cold grows, when the wind stings, that is when when I miss you, miss you the most The grace of your thoughts The warmth of your heart The time you gave all of this I miss The song of your soul, the death of your touch, the love you shared and your kiss, I miss. The grace of your thoughts, the warmth of your heart, the time you gave all of this I miss The song of your soul The depth of your touch The love you shared And your kiss I miss I miss you more than you can know More than I can show I'm sorry I needed to go I'm sorry I left you so I miss you more than you can know More than I can show 
I'm sorry. I needed to go. I'm sorry. I left you so. Isn't that a beautiful song? Beautifully delivered. Thanks, guys. That really is good. Next, uh, we have a, a guy I only discovered about a month ago, and he's from Canterbury in the UK. I don't know a great deal about him, but he suddenly appeared on, um, I think, 5090, and as I say, I've never really heard about him. I don't even know how to classify his music because I've heard half a, dozen of, half a dozen of his songs, and they're all very different. Um, um, this was the first song I heard of his, and I liked it immediately. I spoke to him and he said, yeah, play for it. His name is Bunter and this song is called School Days. Our 
was so full of life, I was so happy. Fresh garden in the morning and shed with poverty. Thank you all the teachers that taught us so much. Planted that seed ignites us with a spark. Great expectations to fellowship of the ring. Swallows and Amazons and Huckleberry Finn. Isn't that a really, really nice song? Um, as I said, I've heard three or four more songs of his since, and everything I've heard of his has been quite different, including instrumentals, and they're all very nice. So I'm looking forward to hearing some more from him at some stage. Well, I promised to keep things different, and next up we have a guy called Phoenix Ash. Um, he described himself as operatic heavy metal. He does a hugely wide range of stuff. I must admit this is one, this is more operatic, perhaps, than the metal side, but it's still very, very cool. He's from Brazil. He's a classically trained tenor. Um, he announced at the start of 5090 that he wasn't going to take himself so seriously. Well, whatever that meant, it's worked, I think, personally, because I think your songs this 5090 have been the best ones I've heard of yours. Um, and I really like this one I've heard it, and I thought this is really different and would be perfect for the podcast. And it's called Horizon Chase. So here we are, uh, Phoenix Ash.
So I told you that's different. What a talented man this is. And what a lovely song. Great stuff. I'm really liking your stuff, mate. Keep it going. Well, that's all the songs for today. Don't forget to vote for Listener's Choice Artists. Um, as, and as well as listening, please share with everyone you know um, this podcast. Um, we're getting a very wide range of listeners. We're certainly getting... Uh, a lot of people that are musicians, songwriters, but we're also getting a lot of just lovers of good music. I think we've snuck into the lounge rooms of people in about 20 different countries. I know we must be near a, a thousand uh, um, downloads over the course of this um, series. So there's a lot of people out there liking it, but keep liking it, keep listening, and if you do, I'll keep doing more. Now, lastly, the Facebook page now does have links to the music of all the performers you've heard. So if you want to listen to more of any one of them, there's your opportunity. So if you go there where they've got links to their albums, to their music, to their YouTube videos, to whatever, you should be able to find it there. I've put in all the things that I've been given by the artist. Um, a lot, of, Some of them are free, some of them are very reasonably passed. If you feel like supporting any of those artists, please do. Okay, well, that's it for episode six. Um, so I'm signing off from rural Queensland, Australia. This is Cool Parody, so you stay safe out there. Bye.